I could have been telling like for gazillion times to the client that we are not going to be in Vogue tomorrow. Everyone wants to be in Forbes, an entrepreneur, like everyone wants to be in Vogue. I'm working at the Olympic Games in Sochi in 2014 for New York Fashion Week also. Like some of them really do the job better than PR managers. And I was like, huh, I think we're all like family, we're all friends. They can tell me anytime if they don't like anything and it's fine. And if you are a crazy person, just write about that. I'm a crazy person, I will drive you crazy. And that's that's actually yeah, that's, also okay. Because, I love that. Yeah. yeah. At one time, it's like the mother of two, but at the same time, she's like a successful business owner. Polina, aren't you afraid to like post this kind of things because people will see and like not work with you? And I'm like, that it's not my people and it's fine. They will find someone else who would suit mm -hmm. them better and that's it. Texting me and I was like, really guys? I mean, could we do the same over the <laughs> I email? I expected yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen my ad? Like really seen my ad? And they were like, yeah, we see your experience and we want to learn from you. Hi, this is She Did It Show and I'm your host, Daria Mutrova. Today I'm so happy to present to you our guest, Paulina Kuric. Paulina, she has been working on such events as Olympic Games in Sochi 2014, Rio de Janeiro 2016, Expo 2017 and New York Fashion Weeks. She was representing her clients at such international events as World Economic Forum in Davos, Expo in Dubai and Astana. She was working with in such companies as Condonast, Mikhailov and Partners, and many, many more. Today she's in our studio, and I'm so happy to see her and to go with her for all her career achievements, challenges, how she ended up from Olympic Games to representing in big media coverages startups and brands and of course we'll speak more deeply about PR and communication and networking and how did she all do that. <laughs> Hi Paulina. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's my pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for coming and I'm so happy to see you today. Likewise. <laughs> so before we dive deeper to PR, communications, networking, uh, which I hope and I'm sure will be so useful to hear to sole entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, bloggers, experts, and people who are owning and doing business, small business and having brands. I would love to hear a little bit more about your background. And I think it will be great if you'll start with your educational background. How did you start working in PR and events? And uh, Let's start from that. Of course. I think that actually you've introduced me great enough. So <laughs> I don't know if I can actually put in something else there. But I've studied PR originally and I went there just because I was looking for some education where you won't have math or algebra or anything. So I've had it for five years and I hated it so much for four years. Sorry, I hated it so very much. And um, in between the studies uh, at PR, I had uh, half a year abroad at University of Bologna. But I was really lucky, and even though I was bachelor at that time, 
they got me to a master program because, uh, well, I was pretty annoying and I really wanted badly that program because it was fashion management and I really want to see what I can do with fashion there. And it was an amazing half a year with amazing experience. And yeah, then I finished my studies and went off to all the Olympic Games. And uh, yeah, so about my experience, I started off in events. First At the all, university, you've been studying the higher school of economics, right. because well, my parents thought I would meet a rich husband there and wouldn't have to find <laughs> any job. But well, here I am. <laughs> I didn't do the husband, but I did all but the other work. Yeah, yeah. And actually, my first job working at the Olympic Games in Sochi in 2014 was only at my, at my second or third year at university. So I was quite lucky because I started right away. Yeah. So actually, I think it's impressive. Right at the university, you applied to work in Olympic Games. How that happened? Uh, how did it shape your career in the future? Because I think it's such an important. It's like a milestone and right in the beginning when it starts. It was amazing because when you studying in the university, you never know if you're really going to pursue the career in the sphere that you've chosen. If you are not like a doctor or lawyer, I mean, those are careers that you really have to do all the way. And uh, when I was studying PR, initially I thought that, okay, it's about the communication, so it should be fun, it should be interesting. but. I went to the Olympic Games trying to actually find out what suits best for me. And uh, I was working with amazing cameramen. So I basically was like a producer, like assistant producer or something. Um, and I've been helping people who were filming news in Afghan, who are currently covering Ukraine, who are, uh, who've been fil filming the um, Queen of England family. And those are people with amazing experience. And whenever you are helping them, you don't care what exactly you are doing as long as you are with yeah. them, as long as you are learning what they have to tell you. And um, as long as actually you are getting some experience. And so it wasn't about me trying like, you know, myself in different positions and trying different kind of jobs and like analyzing it all. It was me truly trying to get their job done better with my presence there. And uh, they all were really extremely grateful for that just because I really tried my best. And uh, actually Sochi got me one advice that I'm still living on. So uh, one of my cameramen, his name is Scott, he was from New Zealand. And uh, once he told me whenever we face some problems and everything, because like my biggest challenge there was to solve every unsolvable problem because it's like a huge event. You I have guess there have been a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a huge event. And yeah. I mean, as any huge event, it has a lot of flaws, problems, rules and everything. And also it's like an international event and you have a lot of security, you have a lot of things to like take care of and uh, they are not usually taken care of 100% just because like it's normal, we are all human. There are a lot of things coming up like in the last moment and everything. So there were a lot of things to solve and sometimes when there were some problems where I was literally really struggling to solve, he just came to me and he said, every problem has a number. And it's still like it's the status for all of my WhatsApp and <laughs> any <laughs> messenger that I have because it's been Phone on number, my mind. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like it's been on my in my head ever since because actually, really, if you think of like any problem that you've have ever had, 
you really have a number in your phone, even though you're not networker or anything, you have a number in your phone that could help you at least like listen to you, at least like help you with advice or help you, I don't know, with uh, finding a job or finding money or finding anything or solving some any kind of problem. Um, that's pretty kind of easy. And this is, I guess, how I started wrapping my mind around this networking thing. Because whenever people ask me for things, I know how to get them. I know how to help them with that. And uh, that's actually been my to-go phrase and to-go thing ever since. So if people ask me like, what is like the best thing that I do, what's uh, my, I don't know, specialty or something, I always tell them that it's like being in contact with people, being in touch with people. And it's something really simple that anyone could do because it's like, cheap you don't have to do anything for that yes. you don't have to I don't know get it through a special kind of job you don't have to talk with special people it's just about communicating with anyone you see and yeah. uh, the other day in New York I was working through Soho and there was the guy who was trying to take pictures of various people and some people ignored him and uh, he just laughed at that like really not in a bad way but in really like fun way and he was like yeah you never know who are you speaking to in new york <laughs> and that true. was yeah that's true and that's really fun about the city that's why i like coming here also when i traveling because you really never know who you meet here and it's like a concentration of amazing people who do amazing thing and we never know maybe he was one of the top photographers in the world you never know or he was just a guy who's i don't know living somewhere and uh, just came to the city to take his pictures for the first time but that's the magic yeah you, you never know where it could lead yeah yeah and that's the most amazing mountain working so we haven't known each other for what like two months or something yeah. and now we're sitting here with you and uh, doing this amazing interview and this is what I like about networking and we have a couple of people you know right yeah now. yeah in common yeah that's and that's true. also cool about New York that everyone knows like everyone it's like a small village and you meet people one by one and it's amazing yeah that's true so yeah speaking about uh, your New York uh, experience working in New York I know that you've been working in New York Fashion Week and you've been organizing PR for fashion brands how that happened? Could you describe the process working on that type of project? So yeah, um, I've been working with uh, a fashion brand for New York Fashion Week also. They needed some coverage and uh, they really needed help uh, here on hands with uh, the whole setup of the New York Fashion Week for them. And they were the part of uh, one show. So uh, there has been a lot of things to think about. And I was very excited to come here just to see how they work also, because it's very crucial for me to be in touch with the brand, to know exactly what they are doing. Because whenever you're doing PR, you have to know everything about your client. So yeah. it's like you're like a lawyer or gynecologist. That's also <laughs> always how I uh, talk about PR. It's just business has to tell you everything about what they're doing. And it's not about about me going and telling everyone about this kitchen that we have inside the company. It's me about knowing how to protect the company if it's needed. And um, yeah, so whenever they told me that they're going to have a fashion week and uh, they actually like need some help with that. I was really happy also to jump on that task as well, apart from PR, because that would be an amazing experience for me again, to be a part of this greater, bigger events, because you can never, you know, have the similar experience working at events like Olympics 
you yeah. kind of work there you could like you work there and it's like a whole new world i couldn't return to sochi like i don't know nine years F for nine years i couldn't just be back to that city just because it represented something different for me something that was like back way there in 2014 and um yeah so for me it was just this drive and this desire to be a part of it again and it was magical and uh, it was a lot of things that you would never think about fashion week you really think that they are just beautiful girls doing all the dress up like very fancy backstage, right What's oh wow that was that was crazy you know i remember one girl and uh, i think she's like the meme for me now and she's like the, the most exciting lady that i've met met there so she was one of the designers also uh which was doing the fashion show and she was walking there casually with a bottle of champagne in her hand and oh, the no. show hasn't even started and i saw that like she had quite quite enough <laughs> and i was like what's you holding there and she said oh girl my boyfriend presented me with this one because it's my first fashion week and i was like yeah he's such like he's the best boyfriend you could <laughs> ever had and she's like yeah. do you want some and she holds me this bottle and i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> just because and you know any everyone needs this kind of friend or like this beautiful blonde girl with a champagne who hands you this over whenever you need You've been working as part-time, right? As a freelancer, you have been working on so many projects. And as I understood, you had a small, like you almost didn't work in the office. Why is that? How those experiences working in Olympic games and your question week shaped like your will to work freelance? That's a great question. So first of all, my parents are a stewardess and uh, a pilot. Mm -hmm. So I've never had any role models of people working in the office. All I've seen is my parents going off to, I don't know, New York, uh, Shanghai, Thailand and everywhere. And uh, they were working um, at the airlines whenever there were no so, so many roads and everything. So, for example, they could go to some islands like Cayman Islands and stay there like for a month or so just because there is no return flight. And this is how like my childhood went. I knew oh, that there everywhere i knew that they're traveling the world and basically the only thing i wanted to do is travel the world so i thought okay pr is about communications i can talk to everyone anywhere so it's fine <laughs> we'll do and then i got onto events and i realized that events are like something that i could use to travel so first of all it wasn't about like actually doing the job or anything it was about me exploring the world meeting new people making new connections and actually like enjoying myself because you know as they, as they say like you really need to enjoy what you're doing so yeah. that, that's what i was trying to do and uh yeah sometimes it was part-time things sometimes i've been working remotely uh sometimes it was project work so for example in kazakhstan in astana i've been living for half a year because they had an expo there and i was 2017 yeah 2017 and uh, I've been responsible for like the first MTV concert in Kazakhstan and I've been responsible for like three or four various events also around um, the export time and uh, for example as for remote work um, I had like a little thing that I never told anyone so oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone but my closest friends uh, I had a job uh, with a client who was in Dubai and actually it was like really long project job for like two or three years so I've been his advisor in communications and everything and um, he was working all around the world but mostly he's been staying in Dubai and in London where his family is based and he really 
asked me precisely to stay in Moscow just in case he will need something there. Yeah. So, and he was like sure I was working for Moscow. So what I did, I went to Hawaii and <laughs> Well, you know, you can't. Quite you, different yeah. time, uh, different. <laughs> That's yeah. it. So whenever it was like 9 p.m. in Hawaii, and of course I've been surfing all day, I've been having fun and I've been enjoying myself. So whenever it was 9 p.m. in Hawaii, it was like 7 a.m. in Dubai, and he was waking up and calling like, okay, we'll have like this kind of meetings today. I want you to be there, like present this, present that. I Tell hope he'll not watch <laughs> this interview. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well let's go, let's surprise. go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but really, and um, yeah, so the struggle is uh, whenever you meet different time zones and the struggle is when uh, you have like certain deadlines to check out. And uh, of course, I mean, my work reputation is very important to me. So even though I might not tell you that I'm in Hawaii, <laughs> I will definitely do the job. And uh, that's really what's important for me. And uh, so I can be sleepless for a few nights or I can uh, really like stay in the, like in my place or in the hotel for the whole day, but the job should be done. And uh, like that's this is the downside of all those constant travels and everything because uh, at first you think it's like so much fun you are going all around, but whenever you come to the place, for example, like for a week or for two weeks, like okay, you come to Italy, and you understand that your working day is actually like it should be from around nine or ten a.m. or and and at like I don't know six nine whatever. And uh, you have to be available at that time. You have to be near your iPad or MacBook yeah. or anything yeah. at that time, especially when you are not like the owner of the business, but when you are like working with your hands on. And uh, it's very important to understand that you can't go anywhere at that time. So whenever like, for me, it was a bit like crush of the dreams whenever you come to the project, for example, in um, uh, when I was working in Ashgabat in Turkmenistan, it's like an incredible country to be in because it's the country where like not that much people can enter and um, there's a lot to explore a lot to see and uh, there is a lot of about their culture but I've been working for um, like it was Asian uh, martial games and I was working there I don't know from 7 a.m. to like 11 p.m. And you have like basically no time left to visit the country. And this is something that all my colleagues from events will understand that you are kind of you are traveling, but you're but not. You know, <laughs> yeah. Spend yeah. time in yeah, yeah. place. Yeah, and speaking about managing your time, time management. So you have so many projects that you're working on. Do you hire assistants, assistants to help you? And how do you manage that aspect of your career workflow? That's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it has been really hard to yeah to take every project that I have, and it was, has been very hard to um, uh, actually control how workflow goes on every on that. And I realized that I want to grow. I realized that I want to do more. I realized that there are some tasks like on ha like hands-on things that I don't want to do anymore. Like, I don't know, doing Excels or Word docs or anything. I mean, it takes a lot of amount of time. And this time that I could use to like, I don't know, find new clients, find new projects. Uh, yeah, fly some routine somewhere. things. Yeah, yeah, or like simply go to the gym. And um, I started thinking about what can I do about that? 
and I realized that okay, at, like at the point when I started hiring assistants and looking into like delegating things, I didn't have like much money to spend on that. And I mean, why would I have an assistant? Am I like a big Forbes guy or what? So it's like really, it's a lot of things like psychologically to. Yeah like really accept. It's like mindset. You yeah. need to switch to like yeah. you, you're entrepreneur. Yeah. You're doing your business, you're growing, you give people. Exactly. So it's like work. a different way of thinking. And uh, I am used to think that I need to be the best myself at all the things I do before I delegate something or before, I don't know, hand it to something. So you need to try that first. You need to yes, know yes. what so the for process me, Yes. So yeah. I'm trying, I'm still trying not to do that because, I mean, people I hire just because they do it better than better. you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is something to wrap your ha head around. And uh, so, yeah, what I started doing is uh, whenever I worked on some big projects, I've had uh, interns from like the company that hired me. They tell me, okay, we have the system. You can have an intern, whatever. And I was like, okay, why would I use people who like just study in the university and probably know nothing? And for me, it was uh, about only educating them, not about actually using their like time or something. So I got into telling people how to do things. Like I spent more time on working because I spent time on educating them. And then whenever I saw that they actually do, like some of them really do the job better than PR managers. And I was like, huh, <laughs> how does it work? I mean, you haven't had that much experience. I just explained to you that once time, one time and you already do it better. It up, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing is that in the university, people do get theory, but they don't have like hands-on experience because in PR, it's like something that is really crucial. And um, I started seeing that those girls pick up very fast and those boys pick up very fast. And um, I was really shocked about that. And then one by one, I started to telling them, okay, do you want to work with me? Do you want to be my assistant? I don't have much to pay, but well, I can teach you something if you want, but again, it won't be like full day or something. So really slowly I started doing that. And uh, after some time, I've been already telling all my friends and some of like guys who have big companies, some entrepreneurs, I've been telling them and educating them on how to actually delegate or how to um, really like get yourself an assistant because it's like a common thing that people don't know where to start. L yeah. Let's make an example. For example, if someone mm -hmm. right now is struggling, like doing this all routine things which mm -hmm. he can delegate, how he will find his first assistant, what he should pay attention, how he should communicate mm -hmm. his business goals or... I have a lecture on that, but let's cut it short. Okay. So <laughs> I, I know that you are next for that, why I Yeah, care. so the simplest thing you yeah. could do, first of all, for yourself, just to understand what things you can or want to delegate, just make yourself an Excel table or, I don't know, write it in your notepad, whatever. Things that I want to do, things that I don't want to do, and things that I think I wouldn't want to do like in the nearest future. So for example, you, and then um, you just live through three days of your life and everything that comes up to your mind or everything you do, you just put in those columns. So for example, you wake up, okay, uh, do you want to prepare yourself breakfast or do you want some, someone to deliver it to you or do you want someone to cook it for you? Those are three different things. And either you do it yourself or you order some catering or something, like there are a bunch of companies, or you just, I don't know, hire a chef who does it for you every day. 
Will it save you time? Of it's course it will. Budget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, there is an option. So, for yeah. example, I'm now ordering order, ordering food, and uh, for twelve uh, uh, dishes, I pay one hundred fifty, and it's like. The food is really amazing. I haven't had that in many countries, so I'm really happy with that. And the price is like crazy. It's like one time going to the grocery store for me for four or five days. So it's it's really amazing. It's not uh, at integration. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I wanted to ask, no. what is that? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you about yeah. that later. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I delegated that somehow, not to a person, but to a company that delivers me once a week. It doesn't take any yeah. much of my time. It takes only one mo minute and a half to for me to put it in the microwave. That's it. Yeah, like That's probably it's the same yeah. money you will spend cooking and of maybe course, more. Of course, even more because for me, like time yeah, I for me see. cooking, I spend like around an hour to cook everything, to prepare it, to make it really delicious, to put everything in the dishwasher and everything. So I really save like a minimum hour and a half or two hours every yeah. day because yes. I don't cook and that's amazing <laughs> that's how you do so you walk through like at least three days of your life and you put all the things down there and uh, even though you don't understand how to delegate them for example I don't know you can't afford a cleaning lady who will come and set up all the beauty things for you and your, at your place so it's fine just find a ways how you can really optimize the process and then you will have a column that of things that you don't want to do and this is the, the things that you need assistance for. And sometimes they are like v very different. So you need help with like business tasks or you need help with home tasks. So sometimes people will think, okay, I need a personal assistant and a business assistant for that. Who would do that? Again, uh, it's the thing that if people wanna learn from you, if people wanna like be your assistants, then they wouldn't care what task they have to do. So it will be all, it will come really all natural with you because mostly, I mean, my politics with my assistants and managers and everything, we're all like family, we're all friends. They can tell me anytime if they don't like anything and it's fine. And at the same time, I can do give them any like reasonable task. But again, I talk about all the things that they will do or should do for me like month ahead or like whenever we start the job. So it's very important, first of all, for yourself to derive those things that you want to do um, yeah. and so want to be done. First you write, then you understand what you don't like and yeah. you go into some platforms, right? And you start to look for a person or you go to your connections, social media. How do you... The easiest thing is social media. It's like the easiest thing. So whenever I thought that I need an assistant, I went to my Instagram. And even though at that time, I remember I had like around 200 followers, which was mm -hmm. like really mm -hmm. small, like really small. And I posted this ad like, hey, I'm looking for assistant. I think I even told that it's not like even paid properly or something. So I was very, very clear about what I need. And uh, yeah, that's important. You need to of be course, very clear. Of course, of course, very clear. Yeah. So basically what you do, you're that's just writing that, okay, I'm XYZ, I do XYZ that, uh, I can yeah. teach you or you can learn from me XYZ, I can help you with XYZ. And uh, this is something that I will need to mm -hmm. do. Like this is my budget or like we'll discuss the budget, but it's not higher than something and people will start like writing you so for example i got responses from people with cvs uh, and in the cvs i see that they want salary approximately around three thousand dollars so okay. i've had a call with that girl like there were like two yeah i think one or two girls and i had a call with them and i was like have you seen my ad like really seen my ad and they were like yeah we see your experience and we want to learn from you okay so 
I mean, that point... So you need also actually to sell yourself. I really didn't try to do that, but, but I don't know. But I don't know how. You have a right LinkedIn page. You do your own yeah, right yeah. online presence. We actually will talk about that later. Of course, yeah, of course, how it's important. It's about also. actually being yourself, being really true to what you can offer, true to what you can do. It's not about over promising people that you will help them or that yeah. you will study teach them or anything no it's really about how the job with you will look like and if you are a crazy person just write about that i'm crazy person i will drive you crazy and that's that's actually yeah, that's, also okay because, that. yeah, yeah because what i've been doing on my socials even though i've never did like blogging or something I've been always very honest about what I am and people who would like to work with me, they know already who I am. And sometimes I've been asked like, Polina, aren't you afraid to like post this kind of things because people will see and like not work with you? And I'm like, that it's not my people and it's fine. They will find someone else who would suit mm -hmm. them better and that's it. So you like every person will have, will find his half or his assistant or whatever, just, yeah be clear about that and again so it's social media of course where you tell about the thing that you are looking for assistant it's your friends it's your family it's uh your colleagues even if you actually yeah. can be some platforms as well but there yeah you need to there are various uh, freelance platforms yeah. like i don't know the most popular one is upwork you can yeah. use any other platform because there are some uh platforms especially for like designers for like people who are mostly in art and everything so it depends on what assistant you yeah. need if you need someone to do Photoshop for you like edits and something then of course you will go there because there you're more likely to find a person who specializes in that mostly yeah. so that's it that's it's about your yeah, preferences that's good that's a good point and uh, like when you hire it how do you organize or you know, control their working process the time management in a team do you use any apps maybe i know like some apps asana yeah sometimes they help trello or everything yeah do, do you use those apps or you communicate like whatsapp just like send a message like hey i need like something in depends yeah it, it depends on the project it depends on the group because uh sometimes i use trello sometimes i use just an excel board sometimes uh we just communicate in the chat so it depends on the like how big the project is how many people there are because also you have microsoft teams you have all those like various platform like erp platforms and everything but whenever i don't have some massive programs uh, it's easier for me to communicate just with person just in a chat but i always ask them to keep a list of things that um, is on their plate so yeah. for example with my managers and assistants i really don't want them to remind me of something they do and i really don't want to overload them so i usually go to that excel sheet and i see what's done what's not what's the deadline what's the task where's the result and also i really i always hate it when people are asking me for like gazillion times where is that document where is that document so in the like again in this like timetable or schedule of uh, people i work with i always see the links to the document I need so even if like it's I don't know 2 a.m. in New York and it's like I don't know 9 a.m. or whatever in Milan if anyone needs any document they don't need to wake up anyone we just put the push the button and it's there yes yeah, so yeah it's, it's pretty simple but yeah there are a lot of tools it depends on what kind of person you are so if you are very chaotic then ask your 
like assistants or managers help you with being more productive, Organized. like <laughs> to to clean up <laughs> clean up the mess after you. And if you are really like a person of like an Excel person, like I am, I really like everything to have really neat, not not to look for everything. So uh, yeah, just try to organize your process as neat as possible. Because sometimes like all those Asana apps, all those like all of those apps are too much. Yeah, I I feel you. like working you've been working a lot on events and after that it was a transition you switched to pr so right now you focused on pr more how that happened coming back to your professional sure, way sure yeah how was that transition so for me it has always been about the communication so that's why i don't like to be associated only with PR for me it's like strategic communications communications in general because communications are about building relationship with people and whenever you do events you build relationship with people to solve the problem to make things happen and I don't know to do some event magic and whenever you are doing PR you're communicating with your client and it's like in-depth communication with your clients it's a lot about trust a lot about um, you know being friends being like co-workers, colleagues, I don't know, being every everything for your client. Because uh, if you are working closely, for example, with CEOs, it's like uh, press secretaries and everything. I mean, we've seen all those series about how close they get, let's say, at work. And uh, it's really about building this strong connection because the bigger your company is, the, like, the most closest your connection should be just because you need to know upfront about everything that's going on with the company and you need to know all the reasons like all the things to protect your company from you need all the ways like your CEO things and everyone so most of the PR people whenever they work really good with uh, their clients whenever their clients are growing and everything they know how to formulate like a quote from their client they know how their client thinks they know how their clients like does things and uh, your client may even not ever check what you've written there in the quote just because he knows he can trust you yeah. and uh, so it's again it's about like deeper level of communication again it's communication with a journalist and um, again you can just simply come to the journalist and say hey we've opened our first shop or you can think of the ways to sell it you can think of the way to talk about that like have you seen uh we had cardi b at our shop opening and she did xyz with xyz and it's like a very different approach to the topic and it's like it's um a whole new area where you're really like the tail is wagging the dog <laughs> basically yeah, and yeah, it's a whole new area where you are thinking of various things to sell your point and that's valuable all the communication in between all the involved parties so yeah. so you're focused on PR. So what are you focusing like as a PR manager? Do you work with I know like it's better if you work for example with journalists from like beauty lifestyle or tech or that. And because it's all about the communication, right? You come to some event, you meet those people yeah. and you build those connections. Yeah. Uh it's it's really important part like communicate with them. And uh, what's your focus? What's your group of journalists you are communicating mostly? That's a great question. So um, as in most cases in my life, I can never choose just because I want to do all of it. And uh, anyway, I'm trying to um, uh, concentrate on startups and uh, concentrate on like major companies because um, 
with those kind of clients, you always need all sort of journalists. So for example, if you have mm -hmm. like a med tech startup uh, that sell, for example, checkups, it's not only about the business side, it's also about the lifestyle side because checkups are about your health. It's about like doing some uh, visits to the doctor. It's about eating healthy. It's about exercise and everything. And it's lifestyle. Yeah, so actually you can sell the owner of the brand as yeah. an expert and it's yeah. also advertising of the company. Yeah, right? yeah. so it's also uh, whenever your um, client, like the CEO of the brand or the founder of the brand, really is a very charismatic person, you can sell them through lifestyle and they can tell about how they do job. Like here again, it's not about business, it's about lifestyle. But at the same time, I can talk about business, numbers and everything at like a different show. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I love when clients give me the flexibility of trying to show them from different sides. From angles. Yeah, different yeah. angles, different sides, because it's really important because like at the at one time, it's like the mother of two, but at the same time, she's like a successful business owner she copes with everything and she I don't know how <laughs> how, how she does it and this is what is what's interesting yeah like speaking about like brands right when they decide to do PR there are so many ways yeah like they can do social media promotion events yeah. uh, media coverages like so many things existing what do you advise I understand it's mm -hmm. all very individual of course but what you're focused on when someone comes to you with some request? So my first concern is to make sure that it's my client. Uh, by my client, I mean that this client really needs PR because sometimes mm -hmm. clients come and they say, okay, we need PR and I'm like, okay, what do you need PR for? And whenever they tell me that, okay, we want like a line of clients here every day from 9 a.m. And you just understand that it's not about PR. PR will never do that. I mean, it might do that, but mm, not really. <laughs> so you understand that this person needs probably like salesperson or sales department or marketing or I don't know, integrations or something else. So it's, it's not things that you can do here if, if you're not like a integrated agency or like multitasking agency because there are a lot of those too and um, for me it's very important to understand that the client has what it needs to be featured in the media he needs so for example of course everyone wants to be in Forbes an entrepreneur like everyone wants to be in Vogue but whenever clients come they think that their product is the best on the market and uh, of course it is because they are making it like 24 seven, they're making it real, they are making it grow. But sometimes, you know, like, you know how to compare it with other solutions on the market, you know where they stand. And it's really important for them also to know where they stand on the market, because if they're like really unique solution that there are no solution like that, yeah, they have higher chances to be like in top media. But if they're just the same solution as everyone else, then it's really hard to stand out. So you have to be more creative around that. You have to think about extra options. And the question is, if the client is willing to go about those extra options, if his business is growing fast enough or great enough so we could use all those options and if they can actually afford that. Because sometimes, yeah, you can, I don't know, uh, ask Rihanna to come be an ambassador for the brand. But again, it's like, is it your it's trends? costly, it's costly, yeah. So also you can do some um, uh, creative things, but again, it's mostly about marketing and like advertising creative department because classical PR is only about non-paid media placements. So it's classical PR. 
Yeah, and it's not like I can pay my PR manager and we'll be on the book cover or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, that's not <laughs> how it exactly, works. exactly. Yeah. It's not how it works. And actually, you pay your PR manager for honesty, really. Yeah, but PR <laughs> manager yeah. doesn't pay to journalists, right? No, so we don't pay to journalists. Yeah. So uh, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is the most important thing that you don't pay for the publications. You pay. You, you may have uh, a paid partnership with uh, some media outlet, which is like a big special project or something that you do together, and it's really interesting thing also to do. But whenever it comes a just sponsorship, to like yeah, sponsorship, some yeah, something like that, and uh, those are amazing tools as well. But whenever clients are coming to the to us, they usually are interested in non-paid placements, just because normal media do not do paid placements, at least in, if we're speaking about US, uh, it's not really common to buy some placements. So for example, if we are speaking about, I don't know, European media, or if we're speaking about um, cis media, they do pay paid placements and it's fine. So for example, if you go to Kazakhstan, it's uh, mostly about picking what paid placement you are going to do. It's not about really pitching for free and people who work in Kazakhstan, they know it. And um, it's about like various regions again. So here in US, first of all, non-paid placements are the first thing that we need to like think about. We need to think about the media outlets that would be suitable for this or that client. We need to make sure this is like really important to manage the expectations of the client. This is the thing that like every peer manager, every like peer person, I don't know, maybe in, in the various industries it works the same, but in PR it's extremely important to manage the expectations of the client because I could have been telling like for gazillion times to the client that we are not going to be in Vogue tomorrow. But again, it's about his expectations in his head that yeah. you cannot change, that he still expects it. And it's fine. It's really fine. It's just you should also to understand that at this certain level when it's not that too long for the road where he's like, OK, we've been working for a year. What's that? Where is my cover? <laughs> Where is my cover? Yeah. yeah. So this is something mm -hmm. that you should be aware of. Uh, so set expectations for your client. And if you are like from the uh, client point of view, just listen to your peer manager, trust him, find a peer manager that you trust. Do not hire like a few people to do the job, but won't ever do the trick. And uh, it's really the same as with the lawyer or with any doctor. You just have to trust the guy. That's yeah. it. You just either you trust or you change it and you find someone else. Like with psychologists as well, you are not questioning his expertise whenever you are in therapy. The same here. So if you see like in, um, three or four months that your partnership doesn't work well, that you do not like get what you were told you will get or that mm -hmm. you expect, then it's the point where you really rethink your partnership. But apart from that, just trust and leave that be. Yeah, so actually, if you speak about limited yeah. budget, right? So there are lots of experts, bloggers also, like yeah. entrepreneurs with small brand, small brand yeah. owners, they even, don't for example that happened with me i had like uh, the company in russia my beauty box and i even never thought about pr like i i found my way to promote yeah via bloggers and that worked like mm -hmm. 2016 very well but when i came to yes i realized that i need like media coverage for example and i was like wow why i did not work with PR yeah. manager, like, but I really, I, I had a limited budget for that, but what will be the right decision in that situation? For example, have a small brand, 
you have maybe assistant, you thinking to hire a manager, PR manager, and what will be the way you will go that way? So um, it actually depends on the product that you are selling. So, uh, for example, if we take your product, the Beauty Box, for it's uh, an amazing product to be actually pitched through the influencers. And, uh, for example, now it's like a big boom of micro-influencers mi micro and uh, most of them are really willing to get this portfolio of advertising themselves. They are looking for barter as well and you could start off with those. So you could see how it works, if it works for your brand. It's also really important now for social media, if we're speaking about that, uh, to have a targetologist which will help all those posts and all those mutual stories and reels and everything go viral. And and uh, also recently what I've discovered is that Reels are a very amazing instrument to work with also. So you could, like your assistant, if she has like, I don't know, an hour of spare time or two hours of spare time, or you give her this task specifically, she could do Reels like basically every day or like every other day. And that could also help because now Instagram is promoting Reels organically. Yeah, so with but limited budget that will be Instagram, right? yeah, your social media. With limited budget, uh, with like beauty products, for example, or the products that you need to show, or mm -hmm. the products that you will need to show the results from, Instagram would be the best platform just because it's about visuals mm -hmm. and it's about showing before, showing after, showing how it works, showing what you get. And uh, because actually if you like have publication, for example, New York Times about, okay, your brand, for example, it of course will bring you customers, but they won't see what results you have. They won't see like that much of what you do or what you can offer. And um, so it's about different types of content. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you could do PR as well. So it's about- By yourself, you could pitch uh, magazines? You could try do that. I mean, I don't know if uh, it will work for every person because again, if when you're um, owning a company, when you are managing the company, you just don't have time to sleep. So That's I mean, true, yeah. you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have <laughs> any time to pitch or anything. Yeah, yeah. So what you could do is uh, you could find someone who is uh, just starting their job in PR, or like someone who is willing to do part time. So part time people are the best ones just because they set you like they set some set of KPIs or goals with you, or like where they aim and they will tell you like you can interview actually a few of them because usually when you interview people this is also like a little life hack on how to understand how you get going so you just interview a range of specialists and all of those give you a little consultation on how they see their work with you and this is the way for you to choose the way you want to go and also the way for you to understand how the like any sphere that you have no idea about works. So for example, if you yeah. would speak with like five or seven PR managers and they would tell you like various things, you would feel which one suits your business better because yeah, so you're the business owner. And at the same yeah. time, you would hear all the options. And for example, if you hire only one person, you tell him, okay, I've heard that we can also do this, that, and that, and that. What do you think about that? And he's like, yeah, that's the great idea. Let's do that. And this is how it works. And basically the most important thing to remember is that PR, at least for me, PR is uh, a partnership with a company. It's not that you come in the company, you receive your money, and then somehow the publications appear. 
it's about the owner of the business or the CEO or a lot of top managers that are speakers for the company or a lot of departments that I need information from, they are sourcing me the information. They're literally like they're talking to me, really. They're not afraid of like telling things, explaining me things. I can ask a gazillion of various stupid questions just because I am not a, like, I'm not obliged to know everything about the industry. It's their job to know. My job is to get the things that they know and to transmit them in the most amazing way to the media that they would be like, mm -hmm. okay, we haven't heard about that or okay, like this is something really interesting, let's do that. So it's about me, it's about communicating with the like everyone in the process and like doing the best job. So yeah, uh, what you could do is uh, try to find someone part-time, not that costly. Again, all those platforms like Upwork and everything, you could see what people offer you and you can see mm -hmm. if you really need that or not. Yeah. Because you could really get up with, uh, I don't know, Instagram, uh, with uh, TikTok and everything and yeah. it would be like yeah, fine that with that you, yeah. Can amazing job yeah, yeah yeah actually yeah that's like whatever i'm hearing is like such a big part of what you do is communication yeah communication within team within yeah. people you hire with journalists with influencers with uh, so many like t top leaders right in like industries like where you can you know leading the companies yeah yeah and uh, what will be your advices uh, how like about the communication skills, how to develop those communication skills. What will be your advice to people who uh, want to achieve that level of communication? So for me, it's uh, just about getting to know people. So I never approach people just because I have a goal to network with them or I have a goal to get something from them. them. So it's also very important because whenever you're just talking to people with no particular thought in mind that you need from them, it's easier for you to get relaxed and it's easier for them to understand that you're just talking to them and that's it and uh, you never know when you will need them and uh, if you just keep in touch also it's uh, it's very important to keep in touch because after you meet a person first of all you need to remember each other somehow so you subscribe to their i don't know linkedin twitter instagram whatever and you sometimes when you see something funny on their feed or something interesting in their stories don't be shy to react on that don't be shy to reply on that because I've made a few connections and a few really, really good friends like all over the world just because we've met actually on the Instagram. Like we followed each other, don't even know for what reason. We started like liking each other or something, communicating and that's it. Now we're like best friends with some of those people. And that's the most interesting part that you can make connections everywhere. Either it's on Instagram or it's in the street or it's like, I don't know, Tinder, Bumble, whatever, or it's on the networking party or it's at the event. So never miss a chance to meet someone. And uh, if it's hard for you to start conversation, if it's hard for you to do something, then there are also some ice breaking things. With, like the thing that I like the most is some really silly accessory like the silliest accessory you could think about or uh, the nicest one. And uh, <laughs> people would comment on that. People would say, oh, that's a nice yeah. bag. And this is something that 
like starts the conversation. Especially in the U.S. I mean, yeah. it's always something, yeah. oh, such a shoes. Yeah, here like people love just making really nice compliments to each other and just use it as a start of dialogue. You haven't started that once, someone complimented on you, but you say, oh, oh wow, you have a nice blouse. By the way, I'm Polina, I do XYZ, what are you doing? That's it. Yeah. So it's as simple as that. And again, it's not about like getting out on the street like immediately after you watch the show. It's about <laughs> actually thinking about who do you know? Like open your contact list and see who do you know? And there would be a bunch of people that you haven't talked or seen recently for like a gazillion of years. Just try to text them like, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you for ages. I thought of you just because I don't know, watch the series that we used to watch or something like that. Of, or of course you don't go like texting that to your exes. Don't do that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but still, I mean, some people would be surprised just because they've never like had someone ghosting them from the past or something. Uh, sometimes uh, they might think that you need something from them. It depends again on them, not on you. And you don't need to blame yourself for people not replying you or anything. Yeah. But most of the people would be, hey, yeah, lovely to meet, like to finally see you in my inbox. Let's go have coffee or something. And this is how you start like step by step by doing those small communication things and like coffee with this person, coffee with that person. Then for example, you have a problem and you know that your friend Mike can help you with that or he knows something, who, someone who can help with that. And after you had some conversations with them, after you've reacted to some of their stories and everything or been helpful to them, it would be really a great thing for them to help you. They would be happy to do that and not because they're like, doing you a favor or something because they would be happy to be helpful. That's yeah. it. You are speaking about such a simple thing, but yes. sometimes in such a busy workflow, yeah. people forget about that. And we are all on the phones and sometimes yeah. people forget to communicate offline, to meet people, to look just around yeah. and to see what's going on. Like, oh, who are people around me, right? I know, I know. It's, it's really hard and uh, it's really important actually to like spend time on that. Yeah. So for me, whenever I wake up, since I'm working with all the time zones possible, when I wake up, it's around hour or two hours of just replying to my friends, acquaintances, or people who wrote me. Wow. Yes, it's a lot. And uh, like some, some days I just wake up and I think that, wow, I need to do my job. How am I going to do the job when it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a lot. And I love voice messages and people do reply me in voice messages Actually, as well. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> and Thank God there is like two weeks button that You're we can. You're amazing voice <laughs> messages, by the way. Just <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I mean, I love it. And of course it takes time. And uh, sometimes you reply on the go and everything. But I do spend this time willingly with pleasure because after I do that, you know, I love to archive every chat I have so that I don't have anything in my Egan box. So for example, how oh. do I remember that I rep replied to people? I reply to them and I archive the chat. Okay, so yeah, you can do yeah, it's you can do it in Organizing WhatsApp. Your yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And at the same time you are not thinking, okay, did I forget to reply Fiona or not? You are not thinking about like how many chats you have there, you don't have this whole amount of notifications and everything, so it's just step by step. Speaking about mm, external forms of communication critical for entrepreneurs. So it's not only about personal messages personally yeah? it's also about online presence uh, how you communicate outside to people to the world yeah. who you are what you do um, 
website, Instagram, what, mm -hmm. let's speak about that. What would you mention? What's important? How to do that? Maybe there will be some insights for people who didn't do any of those <laughs> steps. So for me, it's really important to keep the uniqueness of uh, the client, of uh, the CEO, founder of the business. Because sometimes when PR people come, they're like, okay, you can't say that, you can't do that. We'll like make seven strict, I don't know, um, characters for you on Instagram that you can use like you as a husband, you as a father, uh, you as a golf player, and that's it. And that's it. It's, it's not about being yourself on social media. And uh, this is something that I have seen that really distresses people uh, because even like guys who understand that they need that for business, like Forbes guys or like really big entrepreneurs and everything, at the same, at some point they really break. And I've seen examples of really impressive Forbes entrepreneurs, like really impressive. They were like in 100 top Forbes lists in some countries and uh, their peer managers, they really did the strict things for them just because they were working very closely without like really important things like money, financing and everything. And so every mistake could cause a lot of money and they've been following those rules. And as soon as they, I don't know, sell the company, as soon as they you know, go to IPO <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see okay. dancing him with the strippers on the Instagram. <laughs> Because people are really tired of like being, I don't know, all nice and sweet and everything and they can't be themselves. It's a really great pressure. So, of course, I mean, you can dance with strippers. It's like, <laughs> you, you can do that. Yeah, you can do different things. But if... Another good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, for example, I mean... If you have a certain character, and most entrepreneurs do, they're really unique people. And for me, it's uh, a pleasure working with them because they have, like, for example, if they're entrepreneurs at a very young age, a very successful ones, they are different from most people that, for example, you meet, yeah, because they worked so much and so hard on one sphere that they didn't have time to work on other spheres. So some of them may not know how to communicate with people properly and that's fine. Some of them don't know how to do, I don't know, simple things and that's fine. Some Sometimes when they go just to drive in their car, not going anywhere, but like for fun, they're like, wow, I can do that. And they sit in their, I don't know, Ferrari or McLaren or something and they were like, wow, they are so happy as children, like as kids. And this is very unique and important also to keep in mind for entrepreneurs that it's okay that you don't know something and it's okay that some simple things can make you happy and everything. You can talk about that. You, you can't... Like, to be more open. Yeah, to, right? yeah, to be more open. And again, if you are not certain about some things, you can ask your peer manager. And again, it's very important to like really be open about who you are. But at the same time, it's important to integrate some messages from your business. So for example, if you like you shouldn't be a person who loves meat and doing the vegetarian company and saying that okay go vegan go vegan that would be strange of yeah, course so but most of the businesses now they come from personal experience not for money they come from personal uh, desires of the person to make the life better yeah. so and this is what is what's important so this person would be thinking about getting the world better and if he posts it on his uh, if he s tells about his personal story even though it will be like i don't know not very 
okay for them to share some personal stories. They can do step by step. So you can al always do that in steps. So it's fine just to see how people react and everything. And uh, that would be completely fine. So yeah, first thing if we're speaking about um, being public, like doing some publicity, be yourself. Like really be yourself. If there are some things that you're afraid people won't understand, won't accept and everything, just don't give them away right away. You're not like asked to do that. Just be careful step by step. And uh, of course, there are some, I don't know, niches or countries in which you can't just go straight forward and tell about some things. And it's also okay, just choose for yourself. If it's comfortable or not comfortable for you, that's it. And then uh, whenever you're promoting a company, whenever you're like business owner or founder, talk to your PR managers. How can your social media, first of all, not spoil the work of PR manager? And second of all, how can they help? if you are willing to do that also. So for example, if like one of your posts or one of your reels would be about your company uh, done by your peer manager, but in your tone of voice, yeah, th there will be no harm. And again, if you don't have like any thing to do with PR, you don't want the peer managers, you don't see they're useful for you. Um, it's good for you to have LinkedIn, first of all, up to date and up and running and working. Your assistant can do that for you, like compile all your history of like work, yeah, projects or everything. Speaking about the US, right? Yeah. If you're in US, LinkedIn. It's actually, LinkedIn? it's about international. International, international yeah. yeah, because uh, how would people know who you are? They either read it, I don't know, in press or they read it like on your website. But the best thing to know you is actually LinkedIn because they see who you are linked to, what did you do, what university you went to, what jobs did you have, blah, blah, blah. So you have all of that and it's really uh, comfortable and it's like the most popular common way in Worth yeah, yeah, word. yeah. You yeah. just put like, uh, I'm the, the Tsar of <laughs> Kingdom. That's it. <laughs> like that's an Instagram, yeah. right? <laughs> the Empress of Content, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so exactly. So there, where you go for professional information for persons. So it's really important to keep that one up to date just yeah. so people could also know why would they contact you in case they need you. Second of all, um, here it's um, also important to do Twitter work just so again like some media people know that you're alive you're up and running you have some news and everything uh it's important to have your website like not your personal yeah. professional website but if you are freelance then your personal professional website of course the uh where yeah, yeah some portfolio or something if you don't want to be that public with the website you can have some presentation about you but the presentation that will show your experience as well and you can send it to the clients that you need so for example this is my way of doing things i yeah. uh, i've been working behind the scenes so many years that I'm really shy of taking out my website or something out there because for me it's like shouting about something and I'm like okay no I'll be shy <laughs> I'll be this person behind you know the dark horse <laughs> that, yeah, so people come to me by referral so I don't need to do like much advertising and everything and I'm not going to work to like grow from one people or from two people or from 10 people to 1000 so for me it's fine and uh, again it's at like this stage of your life yes we'll at, at this <laughs> my yeah. astrologist told me that i will be like a very powerful person so yeah well, vote for me whenever i will <laughs> vote for me whenever i'll be I'm president sure. Yep, so um, Instagram would be really great but some people don't like to spend time on that so again it's either your assistant just 
he could just film you working and do some stuff. You can talk on the camera because I have a lot of entrepreneurs who are amazing in person. And I always like shake them like this, please do something, some content like for interview or for reels or something because you Show are- Show up. Just yeah, 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 because yeah. they're extraordinary. But again, it's about spending a lot of energy on that. Yeah, so if you true. have someone who's helping you, who's like filming you, who's like bits by bits, completing like the parts of your life or your Instagram so that people would see you're alive and doing something, that's great. Yeah, we just talk how to hire assistants, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you know. Yeah. yeah. Also for I don't know, you can hire people, especially just for doing your social media, and also that's a thing that they could do for your business and for you. And uh, now, if we're speaking about being a brand, being like a freelancer, you need clients. And how do you get clients? You get them on your personal brand. So if you're not doing your personal LinkedIn or personal Instagram or in not selling something via Instagram and something, yeah. how do you work? Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. So yeah, there might be recommendations of you because that's like the, the best way, of course, to find work is through uh, some someone recommending yeah. you straight away. And uh, usually when you're recommended or referred by someone, no one ever asks for your work, like previous work. And that's like still a big wow for me that you can really like get any work if some Mike recommended you to Susie and that's it. And uh, this is, yeah, this is trust. And this is also something that you should be aware of. And that's why if you confirm with your social media presence that, okay, you can trust me because I did X, Y, Z, that's great. Yeah. What will be your top advice, five advice to people who would love to do the same career in PR communications as you did? Just like. Sure. Um, I guess the first thing is find someone to work with. So be their shadow, like really some professional maybe or some um, senior manager. You don't need some big star for that and shadow them. Offer them to work for them like as an assistant or to help them for free, whatever you feel comfortable with and uh, really see how it works from the inside. Because PR is mostly about building connections, about seeing the real work done by hands. It's not something that you can read about or I don't know, watch the series about or some. So, I mean, most of us saw the series called Scandal. It's about press secretary. Have you learned much? No. <laughs> so it's all about getting your hands on work. Second of all, what you can do is uh, you can read about journalists. You can listen to their podcasts. For example, uh, there are a few podcasts where journalists meet journalists. They tell about how to pitch each other. They're talking about um, how to what topics to send them, what annoys them, what doesn't annoy them. So it's also really important just to get in touch with, uh, like to listen to those people and understand how they um, work. Uh, third thing that I would recommend, uh, that may be something really strange, but I always meet some journalists and um, contributors on Tinder, on Hinge, on Raya, everywhere. <laughs> and it's really funny, but I mean, in PR, whenever you pitch the journalist, it's really fine for him not to reply ever, like ever, ever, even if you pitch them for a gazillion times. <laughs> but on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, really. No, it's it's the funniest thing alive, but like a few weeks ago, no, it was last week, last <laughs> week on Raya, I had three people from Men's Health, from GQ and from, I don't know, from Vanity Fair or something just 
texting me and I was like really guys I mean could we do the same over the email? I never expected yeah. that <laughs> yeah I mean seriously and and it states it states that I'm peer person and I'm like okay okay that, that's interesting now you're on top okay <laughs> whatever so yeah so it's really important to get to know how journalists work so you can do it in the most um, unusual ways we're meeting someone because you don't need to date with them or something you just grab a cup of coffee and you just talk about how they work, what has changed, I don't know, in their media or what has changed in their job, because again, it's about constant changes. Even after COVID, I mean, it, it got things complicated at first thing, but now it's like we got, uh, we understood how everyone works after COVID, so it's, it gets easier. So yeah, it's about, was it the third one? So it was about like doing, making the connections with the real journalists yeah, and talking to them. Journalists. Yeah, so actually that's Yeah. Uh, the fourth thing that I would recommend is, um, I guess, to... Hmm, that's a hard one to formulate. So whenever you do PR, it's not about making publications about your client. It's deeper about covering the key messages of your client to some media outlet Absolutely. and it's really important for you to understand how it works so either look at some cases on the market or looking or listen to some peer people like usually all the peer experts uh, talk online like via stories or IGTVs about how they reach that publication or that publication so for example uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, there there is one uh, peer expert in Boston and she explained like she was speaking about how she did uh, the story in Vogue for her client that took her almost a year and this was an amazing experience also for me because I didn't feel that much pressure that I didn't do like Vogue for <laughs> some of my clients and I was like okay that's that that's fine and also be a part of the PR society so close attentively to close sorry listen attentively to what all of those are saying so because now i have a lot of peer friends especially here in us and i know what the industry is doing right now how it's working what's new and everything and i know some of the cases of their work and it's really important for me to know that just because again i know how to work myself and i know what to expect and that's really important and uh, the fifth part would be is try to find something that would help you to relax because it's the one of the most stressful jobs that you can get <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like yeah it sounds like because you have to be in touch in contact like 24 7 you have to know what's going on so for example for some of my clients i've I don't know, it was really 24-7 without any weekends or days off or anything. Uh, and things could happen over the holiday or like over any other day, every other night. So you never know. So sometimes like here, uh, whenever like I'm traveling to some places where time zones are different, there is always a manager on the product project that oversees it in the time zone where the project is. So for example, now I have some projects like in Europe, so I have like the designated manager who like sees what's going on and I can wake up and I can receive some news and I would be, <laughs> I would, I 
can I sleep more please <laughs> can I close my eyes and <laughs> like may, may make it go away or something so yeah so try to find something that relaxes you try to find maybe uh, again if you want your weekends like all for yourself trying to find companies that do not have crisis every other week so that would be like the last yeah. but very important <laughs> advice as well oh thank you so much it's it's awesome yeah and any book you would recommend to people who want to handle those yeah things? my All most <laughs> thank you so um since i have such a hectic job i don't have much time on reading myself i try to keep an eye on everything that's going on and i know that there are not that many books in pr in any country so even here where there are a lot of press a lot of things to do a lot of uh, people to write books because like an amazing uh, amount of expert PR managers are located here as well. Um, it's like around, I don't know, less than 10 books, which you would find like in top 10 books on PR or anything. Uh, but the book that I would actually recommend uh, to read is uh, Keith Firazzi, Never Dying Alone. I think it's, that's the name. So it's the book that really shaped all my approach to networking and to contacting people. So it's the book about just communication, just network, and it really starts very simply it starts with uh, uh, some experience of this guy with his wife and uh, he tells that whenever you understand that every person is like you whenever you understand that we are living on the same earth whenever you understand that we are this earth you will find an easy connection to every person and this that you will have your calm mind you will have a really positive vibe the person will get it too and whenever you are stressed or you need to ask something again the person will feel it too so just relax he's just like you and just start talking to them and like from that advice the book starts and there are some really 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 useful things uh, small things again that we don't notice but that if we do them really our communication with our friends family or just people we met on the street could go get really strong yeah strong clear and yeah level yeah to just build in deep relationships it's yeah and for me also important. it's not about books it's about actually exploring myself with coach with uh, therapist because again all those things they help you communicate if you understand yourself clearly you can understand how to communicate what you think and then the person who you are talking to he will also understand it more clearly so it's about you know moving all those things that self-awareness yeah yeah self-awareness and uh, yeah self-esteem self-awareness that's what you work on and uh, you actually get the clear communication uh, communicating online or offline yeah it doesn't matter what yeah oh. actually I think I wanted to ask you something, but it was the right moment to do that. I missed that. I will <laughs> ask you now. Of and, course. And then the last question. Okay. And we can just go. Yeah. Uh, what are the specifics of American media? Mm -hmm. So you've been working in so many countries with Asian, European markets, and you assimilate very well with the cultures and you learn a lot from mm -hmm. insiders. But what are the differences, maybe like working in US with media, with journalists and in Kazakhstan or in Europe, Russia, whatever mm -hmm. country is that? 
So, um, yeah, it's really different from country to country. So, for example, here in US, everyone wants to be in US media because it's the, most, the biggest ones and everyone wants to be on Forbes, like entrepreneurs, I've said, like if you're a startup, then it's like TechCrunch and everything. And everyone wants to get on those media. So the amount of people who is writing to the journalist to pitch to, to the journalist is crazy. So sometimes journalists can receive up to like 1000 emails a day. And uh, even if your pitch is uh, perfect, it's brilliant, like he might never open it and that's fine. So the first thing is, is to find this approach to the journalist so he would at least open your email. Um, the thing, the second thing is, um, again, the amount of requests for the journalists is crazy. So you have to find that angle and that topic that this particular journalist would really like to write about. And again, it's like a big job. So uh, it usually takes a lot of time and effort to scan through every, for example, business media, if you're working with like startup who wants to get into business media, so you scan every business media that could be relevant for this client. You scan through every journalist on there to see what topics they've covered that are related to your client. And then you brainstorm on what topics to offer that or that contributor or journalist because there are also various positions of them in the media and then you pitch them. And then if he, for example, opened your pitch but never replied, then you think of different angles, again, on top of those that you have already sent them that would be maybe now interesting to him. So it's actually, more work than on any other market just yeah. for me so for me yeah for me it feels like a lot of uh, big thinking a lot of um, yeah so it, it's, it's like you do a lot and then you might never get a publication yeah and this is a hard thing to first of all tell your client and it's a hard thing to understand yourself just you know to calm down and don't have that much pref pressure on you yeah yes. so as so for much. various uh, like okay it's for various markets so again it depends on your product on your client mm -hmm. and it depends on the market yeah. that you are working in yeah and jump into the last question what is your definition of success for me, being successful is actually equals to being happy. So as far as I wake up happily in this world, you know, not with uh, the desire to crawl back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as long as I wake up and I'm happy to live this day, as long as I'm happy to all those things that are happening in my job, and as long as I really feel that after doing a full day job, I'm actually full of energy and I want to jump on the next day and the next day. This is for me is the definition of success that you have found yourself, found your place and you actually enjoy everything that's going on. Yeah. Wow. Paulina, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for chatting for <laughs> such an amazing conversation. Yeah. And thank you for watching and see you next time.